Well, good morning. This is the first Sunday of 2017. We did a short New Year message, actually in 2011, which you might like to listen to. It is only six minutes long. So go to iTunes and search under store for Foy Fellowship. All our sites will appear. There is one entitled While I Think of It. Click on it and surf down to And a Happy New Year. And uh, you then can listen to that. So go back now to Jude, or start again here with Jude. Last week's Jude's message was one of coming judgment. Our message for the ungodly today is exactly the same. Judgment is assured, so prepare to meet your God. A few weeks ago we read that awesome description of Christ coming with his army to fight for Israel. And we just mentioned it again last week. And we finished our little talk last week by saying, May we spend our time on earth in a way worthy of our Lord and Master. And that is our desire as Christians, that we may walk worthy of our Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. And so we're back to Jude today. We read from verse 16, just a few verses. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lusts. And their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How that they told you there should be mockers in the last time, who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. These people are habitual murmurers. The Amplified says they're habitual murmurers, griping and complaining, following after their own desires, controlled by passion. They speak arrogantly, pretending admiration, and flattering people to gain an advantage and it's for themselves that they're doing this but as for you beloved remember the prophetic words spoken by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ they used to say to you in the last days there will be scoffers following after their own ungodly passions 
These are the ones who are agitators, causing divisions, worldly-minded, secular, unspiritual, carnal, merely sensual, unsaved, devoid of the Spirit. Murmurers. We all dislike habitual murmurers. I remember years ago there was a choir and there were a couple of brothers in it. They were always moaning. It was a Christian choir and they were called Moody and Cranky and they lived up to their reputation. I remember years ago there was a clergyman uh, in the, the area in which we lived. It was a farming area. And they called into the farmer's store one day and as a farmer came in and there were other couple of farmers talking and chatting uh, as well and they got talking he said, one said to the other, what are you in for? And they were talking about uh, milking machines. Oh, he said, I'm looking for an agitator. And the, uh, one of the other fellows said, we have one in our parish at the moment. You can have them any time. <laughs> so people really do hate murmurers and agitators. But as Jude points out, these people have a hidden, self-centered agenda. We have all met them on committees. Before the meeting, they are murmuring and moaning, complaining about the leadership and the, the ones in charge. They cause divisions, but when the meeting starts, they have done their damage, and so they keep quiet. Sometime when you think you have had a bad day at work or a bad day in the office, Think about Moses. Moses, he suffered at the hand of habitual murmurers on his journey through the wilderness with Israel. You know, God hates complainers. He hates murmurers. You know, Jude, a few weeks ago, we looked at uh, Korah. And he complained. They, and when he complained, then the rest of Israel started to complain. And look at the punishment Korah and his family received from God for murmuring against the God-appointed leaders of Israel. You know, as we go through this world, we will suffer likewise. Let us not be suffering because we are moaners, murmurers, but because we are faithful to our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. I want you to turn to the book of Numbers, chapter 12. It's a story of Miriam and Aaron, and Moses. 
Turn for a moment to Numbers chapter 12. It's an amazing incident here with Moses uh, and Miriam, his sister, and Aaron, his brother. And it starts by saying, Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of whom he had married. They were complaining because he had married a Cushite. And then it developed into something a little bit more serious. He said, they say to each other, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? They started complaining to murmur against their brother Moses. And then the Bible tells us something very interesting about Moses. The man Moses was very meek. Not weak, he was meek. And above all the men which were upon the face of the earth, he was the meekest man on the earth. What a lovely man Moses was. And yet here we have Miriam and Aaron, the priest, complaining about him. And the Lord heard, and he called Moses and Aaron and Miriam to go to the tabernacle of the congregation. And the three of them came and stood at the entrance to the tabernacle. And the Lord appeared in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam. Can you imagine the picture? Moses and Aaron and Miriam standing there and suddenly God appears and he commands Aaron and Miriam to come forth. And they came forth and then God spoke Hear now my words. And then he explains that if there is a prophet and he wishes to give a message to the people through that prophet, he would do so in a vision and speak maybe to him in a dream. But then he says, My servant Moses is not so. He is faithful in all mine house. With him will I speak face to face. Face to face will he speak. Not in dark speeches. And the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore then were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? God was telling them that when he spoke to Moses, 
he spoke to him mouth to mouth as it were and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Miriam and Aaron and the cloud departed from off the tabernacle and behold when the cloud had departed Miriam was a leper a very advanced stage it would appear white as snow and Aaron looked upon Miriam and said behold she was leprous and they realized the mistake they had made in condemning their brother Moses and they said pray for Miriam pray for Miriam that God will change his mind that God will heal her and Moses in his meekness and being such a lovely character prayed to God that Miriam would be healed and God said well even if she had done something like spitting in my face she would have had to be out of the congregation for a number of days and I think he had said he would have to be out wherein we have done foolishly and wherein we have sinned let her not be as one dead let her not be as one dead of whom the flesh is half consumed when he cometh out of his mother's womb oh he said don't let my sister stay like that and God spoke hear now I beseech thee Moses prayed and said hear now I beseech thee and the Lord said if her father had but spit in her face she should not be ashamed seven days if she had done something like that some simple uh, sin she would have been put out of the congregation for seven days you must remember Miriam was quite old at this stage she was probably about 80 or 90 years old so it was a very shameful thing for her to have been given leprosy and then he said let her be put out of the congregation out of the camp and then she can be received again after seven days so for seven days the Israelites didn't move they couldn't move forward Miriam was put outside the camp for seven days a complete leper but at the end of seven days she was healed of her leprosy and the people from then removed the camp and pitched in the wilderness of Paran so it's an amazing story that why were Aaron and Miriam judged so harshly by God because they murmured against the one who was doing God's will the one who had been put there by God and you know this murmuring went on in Israel again and again and again 
if you go to chapter 14 of Numbers, and all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night, and all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt rather than in this wilderness? Let us. And they, the whole congregation, could you imagine? A few million people all moaning to you about the fact that they lacked water. So when you think you've had a bad day and people are complaining about what you say or what you do in relation to the word of the Lord, remember Moses. We have many, many such instances as Israel travelled through the wilderness. We are travelling through this world, a terrible wilderness, and we too will have problems in church life, in our everyday life, as we go about our daily occupations. But as in this instance, we will also have problems within our close families. So too that sin may rear up its ugly head to face us as we walk through the wilderness. But then Jude goes on, But as for you, beloved, remember the prophetic words spoken by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. He refers to these people as his beloved, those who were reading his epistle the letter he was sending out. Remember the prophetic words spoken by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. We must do exactly the same. Remember. But we can only remember if we have read the scriptures and organize our lives according to the word of God. And those apostles used to say, in the last days there will be scoffers following after their own ungodly passions. Look at Peter chapter 2. We see one of these apostles who did this speaking. Second Peter chapter 3. We read from verse 1. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 1. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. He wants them to remember what he's written in the first epistle, and this is his second epistle that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment 
of us, the apostles of the Lord Jesus, our Saviour. Knowing this first, that there will come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. Things haven't changed. You say the Lord is coming back. Just the same. Everything just goes on as usual. We looked at Enoch, of course, the first recorded prophet, and his warnings of coming judgment. Sadly, today, as we have frequently said, perhaps you may think we over-labor some points. Most churches do not believe in the coming judgment on the world. We believe that after the coming of the rapture of the church there will be awful tribulation and judgment. Then there will be the millennium reign of Christ. But all that trouble and tribulation will come before that. Jude, you know, has pictured a wicked scenario and future for this world. His description of the wickedness, ungodliness, lasciviousness, and so on, started at verse 4, and it finishes here at verse 19. And in between time, he has pictured a dangerous, wicked, sinful world. But look at the final bit of verse 19. The last bit of verse 19. And this is vital to note. He gives a reason for these heretics, these evil teachers that have crept stealthily into the church. It says, These be they having not the Spirit. Or as the Amplified says, These are the ones who are agitators causing divisions worldly minded, secular, unspiritual, carnal, merely sensual, unsaved, devoid of the Spirit. Devoid of the Spirit. And that is the problem. That is the problem. If I am devoid of the Spirit of God, then I have never known the Saviour who died for me. Never been born again of the Spirit of God. And I am facing eternal darkness forever. There are two questions we must ask. The first and vital one. Have you accepted Jesus as your Saviour? Believing that as the Son of God, he died for your sins at Calvary. And you now seek to follow him in your daily walk through the wilderness. That is the first and vital question we all must ask ourselves. 
If you believe in him as your savior, then question number two. How may we avoid these pitfalls so vividly and clearly presented by Jude? How are we going to walk through this wilderness and avoid the many pitfalls that Jude has presented in his short epistle? And the answer, by keeping ourselves in the love of God. By keeping ourselves in the love of God. And we shall see what Jude has to say about that next week. Amen.